Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast, Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis and I'm here with our latest end of season special. I'd like to be joined by former Reds midfielder Gary Mills. Gary, hello, how are you? Good evening, very well, thank you. How good, are you? good. I'm well, I'm not too bad, not too bad, thank good. you. Um, well, we, I suppose, it's a bit boring to start at the beginning, but I think it's probably where we should start with you because you've been in the game, well, I mean, you're not that old, but you've been in the <laughs> game for quite a while, haven't you? <laughs> Nearly slipped up straight away there, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I have, but... yeah, I have, yeah, but um, it's what my life's been. You know, it's been, it's been lovely. It's been, it's been great, um, and still enjoying it. You know, still enjoy being part of it. Lucky enough to uh, to be given the the talent, if that's the right word, an early age to go and be part of what was a, a success, and you know, just sort of put my my stamp on what I feel is the right way to do things. Um, later on in management but yeah it's it's been great it's been a great uh, great life in football to be honest I mean, you, your career effectively started at the age of 14 really you were playing reserve team football for Forest at, at that age how did you end up playing uh, being picked up by Forest and being chucked in so young how did that all come about well I think as as always back in those days you had scouts all around the, the country looking for for young talent uh and it was just a a park game for my club, Long Buckby, who I was playing for at the time, um, who I played from the ages of 11 to to 16, that um, somebody tapped me on the shoulder, uh, a fellow by the name of Nick Turner, um, who was the scout for Forrest, and just asked me if my mum and dad were at the game. And I said, yes. Um, and he said, can you take me to your mum and dad, which is what, uh, which is what I've done. And, he just said, I'm from Nottingham Forest. I would like your son to come for a trial at Nottingham Forest. Um, and I was, what, 13 at the time when that happened. Uh, so it was a bit, it was a bit special. It was a special words to my hit, my ears and, um, you know, something that you dream of. Football had been my life. My dad had been a professional all his life in Northampton town Um I grew up with football. Football. I used to sleep with a football in in my bed. Um, football was all I ever wanted to do, and uh, you know to be to be asked to go on trial at a, a professional football club who was second division side at the time um, didn't really matter. It was it was a case of you know getting the opportunity to go. So that's how it started, and um, eventually went uh, on trial up at, at Forest. When you speak to players, um, like I suppose to Steve Chettle and Gary Bertles and people like that, about their upbringing in the game and those early days, and it sounds you know a, a tough character building experience. What was it like for you when you're that young, mixing with you know some grizzled pros playing in the reserves before you even get your first team chance? So what were those early days like? Uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. I've gone from. Um, being a young, a young player with um, dreams of, of being a professional footballer, to almost being almost being told what I was told that I was going to be a professional from from the age of thirteen, fourteen. Forest were incredible to me. They they they, they made me feel a man. They made they turned me into a man. Um, you know, the, the, I mean. As we know, the gaffer joined Forest in '75, and it's the same year that I I got asked to come on trial. Um, and from that moment onwards, um, you know, the gaffer would say to me, and hopefully I, I sound quite a bit like him, but he went, 
You might as well learn at 14, son, than 24. So start listening to what I'm going to tell you. And you'll become a player, son. I think you can play. I think you can play. And just things like that, Matt, that made you feel special, made you feel talented, gave you confidence. Um, it was all geared to um, to turning me into into the player that I become at, at the age of 16. Uh, but, you know, I'd, 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 I'd obviously from 14, 15, you know, I played for England schoolboys and, and everything was just going crazy for me. It was playing in Forest Reserves at 14, which is the old Central League. So the older brigade that are listening to this and will know what a tough league that was. Um, I was, a, I was a, you know, a young boy that, that watched Match of the Day and your old Traffords and Anfields and Main Roads and, and all these lovely, lovely grounds that, at 14, I was turning out on, on on a Saturday afternoon because he used to play when the when the first team were away. He used to play the reserve games on on the main pitch um, on the stadium in the stadium. So I was playing at Old Trafford at the age of 14, and uh, you know it was almost like, "Is this real?" Um, but the gaffer had a way about him that he didn't want me to feel, "Oh, this is like lovely. This is this is a dream. This is." He, he used to he used to roll at me so much that it just turned me into the 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 man that I was and I know this might sound a bit daft now I look at sixteen year olds now but I felt a man at sixteen I I, I felt massive part of what Forest were at sixteen and 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 when I did join them at sixteen obviously they'd just become league champions of the of the first division and going on to play into Europe. But I felt part of it and I didn't feel overawed by it at all. Um, I just felt part of it. It was it, it, it was an incredible time for me uh, and one that I'd love to go back to because it, it was it was such a special, special time. My, my club long book me. Um, we had we had a good side, you know, we had a, we had a, a real good side. You had good players that some of the lads went on trial at professional clubs. Um, uh, Alan Carrillo, who, who played, a lad called Alan Carrillo, his dad used to play with my dad up at Northampton. Um, John, that he went to Birmingham, he signed for Birmingham. So there's a few of us that got scattered around professional clubs that we were such a good junior side that won a national trophy called the Umbro Cup um, back then. And... Um, Everything was just going great, you know, playing at Wembley for England schoolboys, um, scoring at Wembley for England schoolboys. Um, just a special, special time, mate. We've had quite a lot of uh, people who played for Clough through the years. You mentioned there. Um, they all seem to have a different kind of relationship with him in terms of how he handled them. What was he like with you, especially being so young when you first got to know him? Was he like a big father figure with the arm around the shoulder then to, to build you up from what you're saying. He was scary. He was, <laughs> he was scary. He, he, he treated me. All I can say is he treated me like he, he, he was treating his first team players. Um, and not, not until, you know, maybe I joined Forest at 16. I realized why he was doing that. He believed in he believed in the talent that I had as a as a young player. Um, he was telling me, he was telling people, um, he was telling the press what a good player I was, what a good player I was going to be for Nottingham Forest, and you know what what future I ha- I had in the game. Um, so, listen, in no way at the age of fourteen did he treat me like a little boy. Um, and you've probably heard this before from the other players, you know, it was sink or swim with the gaffer. If you if you didn't swim with him, you know, it was a case of goodbye. Um, and I realised that from a young age. So I had a good head on my shoulders. Uh, I come from a fantastic family. Obviously, my dad had, had played professional football um, and, you know, he sort of knew what, what the game was all about. Um, but I don't think... Myself, my dad, my family had ever witnessed anybody like like the gaffer and, and Peter Taylor, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but but Alan Hill and Liam O'Kane and 
who were a massive part at Forest at the time, uh, used to come down to Long Buckby all the time, and, and I didn't know they were coming. And all of a sudden, I'd be I'd be playing, and there they were on the sideline watching watching me play again. And and they obviously, you know, believed in what I was about, believed in me, um, and just made me feel special. I, I, you know, I went on trial at Leicester. I went on trial at Derby. I went on trial at Northampton, which was my my local club because it's where I came from. Um, but there was no way I was ever going anywhere other than the forest. Uh, and little did I know when I was 14, or probably did anybody know, that, that forest were going to go on and win the league, the, the, the get promoted, number one, and, and then go and win the first division in the, in the first season and then get into Europe. I, I, they didn't know that. Um, maybe maybe the gaffer did, because that's, what, that's the way he was, because that's what he wanted. Um and I just became part of it. It was it was incredible, incredible. Yeah, I mean, what were the other players like with you? This young upstart kid around them? Did they were they were they good to you, or were they harder on you because you were a bit younger than the rest of them at that time? Uh, the first team players. Yeah, the first team. When you break in at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, how do they treat you? Same as them. Same as anybody else. That that was the that was the that was the beauty of it. That was the I think that was the magic of it. I think that was uh, the answer to it all, that I, I was treated no different. The, the only thing that was different, that I was young. They still call me Young Millsy. Um, and compared to some of them, now I am. I'll, I'll, be 60 this, <laughs> I'll be 60 this year and some of them in the 70s. And, you know, they I got treated no different. Um, if we if we had a kitty to go out for a drink, then I used to have the kitty, and I was the youngest. I was the one who had to get the drinks in. So that was that was my my big part of being young. Other than that, if I didn't do what I should be doing on on the football field, then listen, they they told me like like they told the the teammates. They didn't feel sorry for me. The fact that I was sixteen, um, and even at fourteen, I was playing with with first team players that were playing in the reserves and, and, and if they didn't feel, you know, I was doing my job. Um, but I love that. I love that. That made that, that, that's what made me and, and, and turned me into the, the player I was at 16 to, to be able to go and play against Arsenal at the age of, at the age of 16 and make my debut and then be playing in Europe uh, in the Euro- European cup side at, at the age of 16. That couldn't happen by just, Turning up at Forest at sixteen and being an apprentice—that was that was built on over the two years. Not just the not just the management, but the coaching staff, the whole club, and the, and the players. Uh, I used to go up and train with the first team. Um, you know, I trained with the first team at the age of fourteen, stroke fifteen, and um, Larry Lloyd made it very very clear that he didn't like players going past them. Um, <laughs> He made it very, very clear, and I tell a little story in the book that I'm bringing out about him. So it's one to read about. But he um, he took no prisoners, and at the age of fourteen, I was I was one that he wasn't too happy about, um, and he certainly let me know. You're kind of best known for Forest for your breakthrough for the 1980 European Cup final. But you'd like to say you played a lot of big games before then, and you were thought you were involved in the 79 cup final as well was that uh, that must have been a painful one to take I guess mustn't it from reading I, I read that you were meant to be on the bench weren't you even yeah. so young that must have been pretty gutting for you yeah it was because I wasn't I wasn't a 17 year old that was brought into the squad because of injuries or or anything less I've been part of I've been part of, of, of Forest from like I say, from the age of 14, I made my debut at 16. So I was part of that squad. I was part of that team. Um, you know, the the year I made my debut against Arsenal, you know, we hadn't won a, won a game that season and at the start of the season. And, and I was brought into the side because the gaffer wanted to shake it up and we beat Arsenal 2-1. Um, then, then we beat Liverpool on the Wednesday where, where I sat on the bench. Then... You know, I, I scored my first goal at Leeds, um, a game that we won. Um, I, you know, I went to White Hart Lane playing against Aussie Ardealis in the middle of the park, who had, who had won the World Cup that summer. 
um, and he got substituted that game. Um, I played against him and, and the accolades I was getting and, and I didn't feel any nerves. Um, I didn't feel out of it. I didn't feel inferior. Um, so I got treated no different, no different to any to anybody else. Believe me, from from the management down to the players. I suppose one thing I wonder about when you talk about the self belief and everything is the flip side of that is getting carried away. I mean, if the sixteen year old is coming through now. They're earning 70 grand a week. They've got endorsement deals. They're all over social media and Instagram. I mean, it was a different way for you, obviously, but there was still the element of keeping your feet on the ground, wasn't there? Not not believing your own hype. How did you do that? Uh, through my family, through my friends, um, through the management at, at Forest. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dad myself now, and you learn how to do that. You learn how to to discipline your children. You learn how to to bring them up in the right way, with a respectful way. And um, but I'm a human being, Matt. You know, I'm a human being that I was playing, you know, league champions at the age of sixteen and playing in the European Cup um, at the age of sixteen. And you know, part of the the squad that went and won the European Cup in in '79 and on the bench until two hours before the game. And, and I was, I, I could have been 35 because I was devastated and I wanted to know why he took me off the bench because I thought I deserved to be on the bench at the age of 17. And, that, and that's not me being cocky or because I just, I just felt good enough to do that and, and, and felt part of, uh, a, a squad of players that was a small squad as you know back in them days 16 players maybe 17 players so I was a big part of that um, so I was gutted that day but I I played my part I'd, I'd been on the bench I'd, I'd, I'd played in, in the earlier round and um, to come off the bench in the final um, you know was, was devastating for me little did I know 12 months later although the manager told me that my turn would come. Little did I know, or probably did he know at the time, it would be 12 months later. Before we come to that game, one last question. Um, a lot of players seem to have disagreements with Clough. I mean, we had Brian Laws on last week and he had a fierce disagreement with him over the 1991 FA Cup final. But they players absolutely loved him no matter what. He, he, they would, you know, I mean, obviously he fell out with some, but did, did you feel the same? You know, the that you would run through a brick wall for the guy still? Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. Um, because he, he he got the best out of everybody. He got the best out of, of every player that wanted to play for him. Some players left because they couldn't handle what he was like as a manager, as a person. Um, but it was about being successful as, as a player. It's about being successful. Um, today's game is different. You know, the money in the game is is ridiculous. Um, and, and we talk about how it's sport it and, and, and the rest of it, which is another conversation. But, you know, to, um, to, to play for him with the success that we had, um, for me, from the age of 14 to the age of, of 18 and... and two European Cups by the time I was 18. Because people say to me, oh, you won the European Cup in 1980. I went, yeah, but I won it in 1979 as well. Um, so I had two Euro- you know, two European Cup wins under my belt at, at the age of 18. Um, being part of playing with unbelievable, unbelievable players. And people will look at the players in the Forest side then that, you know, some were going nowhere. Um, and became internationals and top internationals and um, it come from the management I, I've managed now for 20, 20 odd years and you know you, you either man manage or you don't man manage you man manage to get the best out of your players um, and to make them better and, I, and I've, I've had the joy of a lot of non-league players going to play in, in, in the football league which has been so much joy to me because I, I, I know what it was like um, so 
listen, without without doubt, it, look, don't, don't get me wrong. I've I've had my fallouts with him. Um, I've had my good times with him. I've had one to ones with him with a with a drink. Um, which have been unbelievable, and and you think about these times, and you think about, you know, the 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 joy you have now. I mean, I get older, the older I get, and they say it's true. The older you get, the more it means. Um, and I talk about it now, and you know, friends that I've made over the years, and you know, I live in not I've lived in Nottingham, stayed in Nottingham, married Sue, my wife, who's a Nottingham girl, and stayed. And friends who are massive Forest supporters, they, 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 do you want to come for a pint, Gary? And they just love sitting and, and listening to, to, to the, the stories. And, and, and when I say stories, it, it, I always think stories is like it's almost like it's not the truth. When you tell them the, the truth of what went on, they don't believe you. They don't believe the way we train. They don't believe some of the things we've done. They don't believe that we could have gone and had the success that we had the way that we went about things, um, but we did. The proof is there. The the uh, the memories are there. The history is there, and and um, no one can ever take that away. Did you believe the way they trained? You were so young, you probably didn't know any different. But they didn't. Training sounded very chilled out, and not much work on set pieces. And you know, the the, the gaffer wasn't around for a lot for any of the sessions. By the sound of it, it's a, it was a, an unusual setup, but it worked, didn't it? Yeah, listen, you say not much work on set pieces, no work on set pieces. <laughs> no work on set pieces. My my introduction to training at Forest with the first team was running through a load of stinging nettles to touch the fence and <laughs> I've the, heard that one. The, the last one back to the gaffer, and it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the players used to run towards the stinging nettles and pulling the shorts down to the knees and pulling the socks up to the knees so they didn't get stung. Um and then it was a case of once you got back from the sting, coming back through the stinging nettles to to the last one in the goal, and you used to have like sixteen players all in in the goal, and your your face against the net, and um, I don't know, it was like you say, I, I hadn't witnessed professional training methods or, or coaching. When you when if I if I if if the gaffer was still alive and listening to this conversation, I use the words coaching. He would give me the biggest rollicking ever because he he, he never used to uh, like the word coaching. He um, he told me many times what coaching was and, and what coaching was all about. Um, everything was simple. Nothing was confused. Um, he just got the best out of you. And, you know, to the extent that we, we didn't do... I played... I played down the middle as a striker, and I played right right wing in a four four two. But I wasn't I wasn't showed in a four four two on the right hand side um, through coaching methods and doing shape. We never done shape. My job was to get them down the line and and get forward and and create chances and get the odd goal if I could at the back post. And when we defending, it was to get back and out your fullback. Um, simple as that. Simple as that. Now, I really must ask about the European 1980 Cup final because I haven't asked you yet. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about it was just the scale of the achievement. I mean, you're so young, you, you've got enough miles on the clock now to appreciate it. Could you take it all in at the time that, uh, you know, what you'd done when you're so young? Did it sink in? Yeah. Yeah, it did. And, and, and purely because of what I've just said, Matt, that I'd been part of it for not just two years from the age of 16. I've been part of it from the age of 14. Um, like I say, I used to come up from 14, 15 and not train with the youth team, but I used to train with the first team. Um, so I've been part of it. Um, so again, it didn't phase me. It didn't daunt me. It didn't, it didn't surprise me um, that I got my chance to, to take the, the shirt of Trevor, you know, the, listen, I'm, I'm not, everybody knows if Trevor, hadn't, you know, ruptured his Achilles, snapped his Achilles, that the chances are that I would have, would have been on the bench. Um, but Trevor did. And, and to be the next in line to, to take Trevor's shirt that night was, was an incredible feeling for me. Um, you know, I didn't take anybody's shirt. It was Trevor Francis. 
um, England international, um, scored the winning goal the, the year before in the, in the European Cup final. Great man, great player. Um, but I just had to go out and do do the job that, that he would have done and, and just as well. And, you know, I played, I played down at Arsenal. Um, I'd had a couple of games, I think about four games after Trevor had got injured and they played me, they played me and, and showed me that I, I was the man that was going to go and, and get and get Trevor's shirt that night. So, no, it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't, this is the team, um, you know, Gary Mills is, is wearing number 10. Um, I almost knew that I was going to be doing that um, and was ready for it, was ready for it. Um, what I wasn't ready for was... When we started, after a few minutes, I was asked to go and play another position that we hadn't worked on, which we we never done. And <laughs> get back in it, get back in here, and, and play this position. Uh, where Gaffer? Just get back in here and play that position. Um, and like every player, Forest and you know Forest supporters, and a lot of people have a lot of say about that final when we when we beat Hamburg. Who were who were big favourites and one of the top teams in Europe at the time, um, let's say we were lucky. Um, we, make no mistake, we weren't lucky. One of our best performances ever and, and, and there's different ways of winning football matches and um, defending is, is one of them. It's an art. Um, and we defended as a team that night that you won't see a better defensive performance if you can name a better one, certainly in a prestigious final like the European Cup final. Um, so we won that game, thoroughly deserved to win that game. Uh, and as Schultz would say, he pulled off a few good saves, but that's what he's there for. And that's what the gaffer would say. That's what he pays him for. Um, you know, I tell my players now that, you can work and work and work and work. They, they wear things now where it tells them how many miles they've run. Well, if we wore such a thing that night in May, back in 1980, then I think Gary Bertles would have run five marathons. Um, I probably would have run three marathons. Um, we never stopped running without touching the ball, by the way, Matt. But we stopped Hamburg playing. We stopped them passing it to their man in the box. We stopped it. We stopped them crossing the ball into our box. We stopped them from creating more chances than what they did create to go and beat us. We won one 0 that night by a man called John Robertson scoring an unbelievable goal from the edge of the box. Um, and it was a great performance to go and win our second European Cup. Yeah, I get the impression. I mean, Gary Burles is a great friend of this podcast. He's on all the time. I think I get the impression that was the proudest game of his career. And he yeah. often mentions how you left him to do all his running up front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's brought that up a few times. What were the celebrations like? Because I've, we've had people on here before say that Clough didn't always go overboard with the celebrations. Was, was it a bit different that night? Did you really enjoy it? Or were you straight back to business and focusing on whatever came next? <laughs> well, all I can say to you is we celebrated before the final. Um, <laughs> he likes to, yeah, he likes you to relax, yeah. Well, we had a nice week away in Mallorca, um, which was a holiday, not a training session. Um, and then we had to go back and play Connect Four with a little bite to eat um, and be together and not with anybody else. Um, so... We say now, or I certainly say, you know, we're probably one of the only clubs to celebrate a, a European Cup win before the game was even played because the celebration was not what it should have been or, or could have been or or what the gaffer would let it, let it be. Um, so it was different, but it was the gaffer, you know. It was the gaffer. What I did know is that we had our medal with us, we had the cup with us, um, and that's what mattered, you know. Then what I do know is the next day we flew back from from Madrid. Then we ended up in the nightclub Madison's, which people back in them days would know all about, and we celebrated together 
Um, then I went and celebrated with my family. Um, and we celebrated in our own way. It was, um, and then we, you know, we, we come back in, in, in July to start the go for, for another season. So, oh, Matt, let me tell you, I'm not, I know people talk about it and people de- deal with it in different ways, but um, like I said before, I, I shouldn't keep saying it, but I'm 60 this year and um, it means more every year. It means more every year. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a soppy git when it comes to to certain programmes on TV. I, I, I shed a few tears and, you know, I watched the, the Forest programme on ITV not too long ago about winning in Europe and I sat there on my own in my living room crying my eyes out. Um, um, my, uh, my medal, every so often I'll go on my medal and I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. And people might say... What? Come on, come on! You know I've got I've got the medal, and um, no one can ever take that away. So, whatever whatever happens in football today, regards money wise or, or anything, they can't take away that that medal, and um, and and winning the winning winning it twice, winning it twice. So, fantastic. Yeah, there's not many people that have got them. I don't blame you for keeping it close and giving it the old kiss every now and then. Yeah. Um, I, I want to move on a bit because there's so much of your career to cover. I wanted to try and get a few more bits in. Um, you left in 1982, a, quite an unusual destination in Seattle. How did that come about and what was it like playing over there in the States? Fantastic. Fantastic. You know... Um... It was an English place. It was an English based side over in Seattle. Uh, Peter Ward went with, with me. I was at Forest at the time. Things didn't really go how Peter wanted it to, or how the gaffer wanted it, things to work out with Peter. Um, he was twenty six, I believe. Uh, I was twenty. Um, uh, over in over in Seattle, Steve Daly, who was a massive, apart from Trevor Francis, became one of the highest. Um, fees going for for a player um, to Man, to Man City. Um, Roger Davis, Derby County. Um, Alan Hudson, Chelsea. Now look, you know we talk about players when I was when I was young. I used to watch Alan Hudson play, and he was he was a dream. He was, and then all of a sudden I was playing with him in the middle of midfield at at. Um, at Seattle, um, so it was it was incredible, and, and people perceive what America's like and all the razzmatazz and, and and everything that went with it. But with all that, it was tough league. It was a, it was a it was an unbelievable league. Um, without doubt, would have um, held our own in in the first division, in my opinion. Um, certainly, New York Cosmos would have been up there in the in if if not winning it in the top three of, of of the division. It was a tough, 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 tough league with 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 great players, um, and and to be part of that uh, again. And I'm still only twenty. Was was a, a fantastic time for me. Um, you know, I had to go out there as a as a as a young man, if you like, um, and look after myself. Pete's wife came out. Um, I was there, sort of on my own, if you like, living on my own. Um, so it was a it was a big ask for me back in them days. Um, but because of what happened to me before, again, I, I just felt I could have been thirty, but I was twenty, and you know, a, a big, big part of a Seattle side that went all the way to Soccer Bowl that, that season um, and lost to um, to New York Cosmos that, you know, had um, unbelievable players playing for them. Um, uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I'm sighing because it's still at this age. I'm at now hard to take in um, what I achieved, what, what I was doing. At, at, at that age um, but it was a, a big decision for me to to go to to Seattle um, it was one that again 
you know, I, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but I do. Uh, I'm bringing a book out and it explains everything in there, why I went and and, and um, how it went from there, really. Just one quick one on Seattle. There's probably more in the book about this, but what's the lifestyle like? I know Seattle's not LA in terms of climate, but it's a different world to Nottingham. What's it like just living in America for a year or two? Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful people. Um, love the English. Um, made made us very, very welcome. Um, I got sort of introduced to coffee because that's where coffee got when it started in Seattle with Starbucks and I was tasting this beautiful coffee over, you know, because we used to have tea, didn't we? And that was, somebody had coffee. It was very, very rare. Apart from my brother, he used to, we used to have five cups of coffee in my house and one cup, uh, sorry, five cups of tea and one cup of coffee for my brother. And I couldn't <laughs> understand why he drank coffee. But when I went to Seattle, I fell in love with the coffee. It was, it, 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 it was lovely. Um, but it was a, it was a great, uh, great city. Uh, Hundred thousand seater stadium, indoor seater stadium where Seattle Sounders played. Um, it was on. It was built on lakes. It was. It was. It was on the water. Um, it's the furthest you can go to get to America from, from here. The climate, like you say, is very similar to, to England, um, but it, it, it seemed to be warm generally most of the time I was there. Um, uh, drive-throughs. What's a drive-through? There was no such thing as a drive-through when when I lived here. I went to America and I had this five-liter sports car, um, an apartment with a swimming pool and 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 a sauna to use. And and uh, I was still only twenty. I'd never experienced anything anything like this. So you know. Um, incredible you know you go and play you go and play new york cosmos carlos alberto johan naiskins um to name just a couple that i'd seen play in the world cup um gary mills born in northampton playing for nottingham forest is is now playing against these um and, and two european cups and now a soccer bowl final um against new york cosmos and still only 20 so it, it wasn't bad. You were back at Forest by 1983 via a loan spell at Derby, which is another unusual kind of path to tread. How, how did you end up back at Forest? And did you have any doubts about going back for a, a second time or not? Read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I said to you, Matt, when I come on, I'm going to be very, very careful what I say because it, it, it's it's interesting how, how, again, how people perceived my career at Forest and and what happened um, is a very interesting uh, read. Let's say um, I um, I was at Forest a lot, a lot of years. Um, some people I'd say I had two spells. Some people say I had one spell. Um, so it's an interesting um, interesting situation that I found myself in. Um, the last place or the last club I ever thought I was going to be playing for at the age of 20, coming back from America, was, was Derby County. Um, but there was a reason for it. Um, what I didn't anticipate was an FA Cup tie against Nottingham Forest in the my club, by the way. Nottingham Forest, my club. Um, playing against them in the third round of the FA Cup for Derby County, um, along with another ex-player. I was going to say old player, but Archie probably wouldn't be too happy me saying that. Um, <laughs> also playing in the Derby side that day. Do you feel like the? I'll call it a second spell at Forest. So I think that you had another three or four decent, solid years there, where the team was was good, but you were you never hit the same heights. Was the second spell, was it a bit, not, I, I anticlimactic's not the word, was it a bit different? Was it not quite the same to be there around that time as a player? No, look, I, 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 think, I think this is the thing, Matt. You know, we'd won, the club had won the championship. They'd won two European Cups. They'd won League Cups. Um, 
and then people saying it wasn't quite as as good, quite as the same. Well, <laughs> it still it still wasn't bad, you know. Um, I think what people don't talk about enough is is how the UEFA Cup was was taken stolen. away from us. It was stolen. It was me now hurt so much, you know. We 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 talk about winning the European Cup at Forest, um, and on the end of that. We don't know for certain, but we had to, we'd have had to beat Spurs in the final. But you know that could have been talked about as well. So the success with the side that we had then could have been quite easy. Yes, it's not the European Cup; it's the UEFA Cup. But it was a massive, massive cup to go and win again in 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 Europe. So I think those years were good. I think um, yes, there was change, and, and yes, you know you, you'd have heard about. Certainly, the players feel that the 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 team was was broke up too early, um, and and I think I think it was. You know, there's 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 no two ways about that. Um, but it happened, and you and you have to move forward. And, and good players were coming through. Um, I think that's the the big thing. You know, as, as a young player, I was given the chance, and then the young player players like like Des Walker, just to name one, um, were coming through through the system that, you know, were excellent players for the club and they, they were they were good years. Um, uh, apart from people that don't live in the real world and, and thought we should be winning the league every year because of the success we've had, it was still success. And on a personal note, um, you know, certainly the, the, last, the last couple of years for me at Forest, before I left... I feel were my best years in in consistency, um, and and in um, in the way that I played. I, I was playing virtually week in week out. Um, I'd, I'd grown up, you know. I'd obviously got older, but I still wasn't still wasn't old. Um, I was middle twenties still, um, but playing my best football at Forest, and um, it, it was it was a good side. You know, we brought the likes of Stuart Pearce in, into the into the club. I don't have to talk about what. What the fans think of Stuart, and, and you know some of the some of the players, Johnny Metov, and, and, and um, real good players. We, we were still a good side, um, you know. So still, still there was still success there to finish where we finished in in what was a what was a tough league, um, and I, I was I was a big part of that. So yeah, those those four years were massive, and you know um, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave, um, but that's another story. Yeah, I mean, you left at the same time as, I think you left, correct me if I'm wrong, the same time as Bertels and Bowyer and guys like that, you all got shipped out and you went to Notts and then you went to Leicester and had a lot of good years, yeah. uh, a success there. I mean, which club, you said earlier, your club, do you consider Forest to be your club then, even though you had so many good years for, or basically you played for all these Midlands clubs, notably you had good years at Leicester. Is Forest your club really in your heart? Forest will always be, you know, what what Forest done for me, and in my heart, um, was 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 incredible. You know, um, it's hard it's hard to put it's hard to put into words. Um, it was it was a time it was a time for me that if if I could go back, I'd love to to do all again. It, 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 the people I met, the club it was, the success we had. Um, people love talking about it now so to be part of something that people love to talk about now want to hear about and and, and want to find out how it happened and, and how did it happen and and you were part of that and you know people say people introduce me sometimes as or forest legend you know to, to be called a, a legend at, at any club um to, because you was part of, of of what you achieved um and part of of of, of what the club done then then of course, of course, but there's 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 a but there because you know I, I I went I went to Knotts and I loved I loved my time at Knotts. I won Player of the Year my first year. I played every single game, sixty games. I uh, didn't miss a minute that that year, and and um, and 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 it, and it was and it was great for me. Um, and then I went to a club called Leicester City and and had five years that. Oh my god! It was 
I played 232 games in, in, in five years. I, I still hold the record for for 60, 61 games of con- consecutive games. Didn't miss a game. Uh, three playoff Wembley finals. Captain the side. Um, so consistently, you know, I know I was older and, and, and at the right years for me, but I, I played in, in incredible football personally, I felt, at, at, at Leicester. Um and, and felt and, and the, the rapport I had with the fans there and the football club was incredible. So, you know, because of the years and, and for different reasons, Forrest and Leicester, um, I've got two massive hearts. You, you had such a good career. Um, but one thing I wonder is, these days, England caps aren't given out like confetti. They're earned. But... There's players like Jude Bellingham and Jaden Sancho, and you go back to Micah Richards, and you'll get players who were given a chance as teenagers to do what you did when you were so young. Do you think maybe you deserve the the chance to represent your country based on the career you had, especially so young, so successful? Yeah, I I, I certainly had the confidence. I certainly I certainly believed. I certainly believed in myself that I could go and do that. I, I, I was fortunate enough to play for England schoolboys. I was fortunate enough to play for England youth. And I was fortunate enough to play for England under-21s, which was the format in those days. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be told by, by the gaffer at, at Forest that, you know, you're going to go, you, you'll play for the full international. And I, I was fortunate enough to, and, and still fortunate enough to have, the, the paper cuttings um, from the media where, where the gaffer was telling the telling them that I should be in the, the, the full international side and, and um, so that's what he that's what he thought about me and, and um, unfortunately that never happened for me um, you know but I don't think I don't think going to America helped that um, I don't think that out my cause. Um, I don't know whether that, whether it would have happened or, or, or not. Um, and let me say, you know, now I, I've people say don't have any regrets. I've got no regrets, no regrets. I loved every minute of my football where I went, where I went and played, whatever club it was at, because that's the type of, of man I was. Um, you know, and 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 now, and you've asked me a, a, a tough, tough question um, about you know, your club. Um, they're all my club for, for, for different reasons. But, you know, the obvious stands out for, for, for obvious reasons. Um, but I feel if that was going to happen to me to get a full international cap, that, you know, if I look back, then maybe going to America didn't help that cause. So, well, it didn't help the cause, the fact that the second year, I went back for my second year there, for my second season that um, I had an horrific break of my leg um, at the age of 21. Um, that, and it's true, you, you, you think it's the end. You think it's the end, um, Matt, you know, and there's something that, can, can you just bear with me one second? I think I know where it is. Just bear with me. Yeah, of course, yeah. This is a rod that I had in, in my... Can you see it? Where am I? I can, yeah, yeah. That was inside your leg. That was inside my leg. Um, when I broke my leg in a, in a, in America, um, and I keep that because I always little things, and I always feel it saved saved my career because it was it was almost like America were advanced. Um, I, I know we broke broken legs certainly, and it was an horrific break. By the way, it wasn't just a broken leg; it was. It was a bad one. Um, and I laid there in the stadium thinking at 21 that this is the end. Um, uh, they put my leg back together in America and it didn't work. And the second time they well, I went back and they inserted this in, in the middle of my fibula. Uh, sorry, tibia. Not fibula, the tibia. Um, and I played with that when I came back from, from Forest. When I came back to Forest and played 
with that inside my leg. And the, the doctor and the physio used to panic every time because they said if anything ever happened to me again, a broken leg with that inside me, then it would be horrendous. But I keep it, I keep it with me still, you know, because it, it means so much. And um, I broke my leg again, um, uh, not not too about a year later, and and that's when I had this taken out of of my tibia. So it um, it was a, a another major reason why my career changed slightly because I was out of the game for a year. But you know what? And I say this to people, and they think you can't be telling the truth for this to happen to me um really made me sit back and think i was 21 uh, two european cups a soccer bowl final um england schoolboys england youth england of the 21s uh, and it all could have come to an abrupt end but i was so determined that that wasn't going to be the case and i managed to go on to play till the age of 48 um because i kept thinking back uh, and, and I wanted to carry on playing, and um, that that leg break was was a, a major reason why I carried on playing. Did it make you a lesser player? Do you think at all? Did it take something away from your game in terms of mobility, or were you just as good as you would have been even after the leg breaks? Not that I know of, and yeah. not 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 for one second do I think. I didn't go on to to play where I could have played or played higher or, or um, if I hadn't broke my leg. Um, I was quick, you know, I, was, I, I had some pace. Um, Larry Lloyd told me, you know, one one day when I went past him. Um, and, and whether I lost that, a little bit of that, um, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. But, I wouldn't like to think so. I, don't, I, I never felt that it did. I never felt, I never blamed it. I never blamed it. I never said I was never quite the same player or um, I thought I was a better player, actually. I thought I was a better player um, because it made me realise it, it, um, it, 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 it turned me into some, or not turned me into something because I, I, I was who I was anyway, but... It, it it helped me realise. It helped. It helped me realise. So uh, I don't think so. I don't think so, Matt. No, I don't think it affected me in any way at all. I just wanted to spend the last few minutes talking about management. Um, you you've had a, like you say twenty good years in management. Most recently, uh, the bulk of them in in non league. What's your experience of non league like? Because I was saying before we started recording how my career in sports journalism started there, and it's like. Great clubs, great fans, great people, but it did feel like the Wild West at times at some of these clubs. What, what's your experience of, of managing at that level like? Beautiful, beautiful. It, 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 it's lovely. I, I, listen, I, I love the, I love, I love the game, and and you know, if people are listening to this, oh, here we go. I, I do. I, I, it's, it's been in my blood. I still, I still love the game for what it is. I don't. Um, I'm old school, you know, I'm old school. And people say, well, what's old school? The the, the discipline, the morals, the, the simplicity. Um, you know, my wife, Sue, you know, all this technology and I'll moan about it. She says, oh, you're so old fashioned. And I says, yeah, but I love it. I love being old fashioned. I love I love everything that goes with, with it. I, I, I love that playing when I played at Forest. Because at Forest... You know, when the game finished, we used to go in the Jubilee Club where the fans were and win, lose or draw. Obviously, in the early days, it was mainly win. Um, but we used to have a point with them, you know, and, and we used to walk around the the streets of Nottingham and, and go into shops or into into a into a pub and have a drink. And, and we'd talk to the fans and I, I thought it was beautiful. And you know what? That's still the case in non-league and that's why I like it. Um, I've been lucky enough to manage... Some some clubs that um, have been football league, and I've managed to get York City back into the back into the football league. Or I did manage to get York City back into the football league. Um, that was a, that was a that was a great feeling. So I love non league. You know, I, I love I love. I've been lucky enough to manage at the highest level of non league, um, which is which is which is lovely. Um, you know, one of my old clubs now, Notts County, are in there. 
So they'll know themselves. They, they've got a chance of getting out this year now. They've, they've had a good run and got themselves in the playoffs. But they'll know how hard and how tough this league is. Um, uh, but you, you still, you're still with the fans, you know. And, and I just feel players now um, don't interact with with the fans. Um, it's not, it's not the same. And and again, this might be me being old fashioned, but. I thought it was beautiful, and that's why that's why I love about the non-league. It's beautiful. Management's a tough game at any level, especially where you are. I mean, you know, you like say managing in the conference. It's blooming hard to get out of that league. Yeah. Corby now. I mean, I, you know, I see. Um, is it one of the teams in your league just signed Marcus Madison, who was at Peter? Yeah. I know he's had some personal problems, but there's obviously money, you know, there to support their manager. It's it's a tough old world, isn't it? Non-league still. It is, and you, and you know the. The thing is, I sold Marcus Madison from Gateshead to Peterborough. Um, and he's one of the players I got so much satisfaction from. Uh, when I went to, to, to Gateshead as manager, he was last on the training field. He used to have his hands down his shorts. He used to come with a lollipop in his mouth. And he was that unprofessional. It was frightening. Um, and one day we played, uh, played away at Chester. And... The game had only been going five minutes. Uh, and I said to Darren Caskey, who was my assistant, I said, get him off. It, it was almost like he just wanted the ball for himself. It was, it was like there should have been two balls on the pitch after five minutes. That It, it was just all about him. Um, so I took him off after five minutes and um, he went straight down the tunnel. So I said to Caskey, go and get him out of the tunnel, get him back up here. Uh, and he brought him out, and I think he was expecting me to give him a big rollicking. I said, come and stand with me. And he stood there, and I put my arms around him. I said, you're going to play in the Football League one day. And he went, you've just taken me off, Gaffer. I says, I know, but you're not listening to me. I says, you're going to go and play in the Football League one day. And he went, well, not if you keep taking me off after five minutes. I says, well, that's got to be down to you then, mate. You know, and not too long after that, um, Barry Fry gave me a call and and asked me about Marcus and we sold him for 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 a lot of money for Gateshead and um, you know he's he's gone and done well for Peterborough and they're in our league now that he's gone and signed for Spalding he's gone and, he's gone and signed for them and I'm like what what is he doing so I think I need to probably have another word with him, actually. I don't know. At the age of 27, he's, he's, I'm reading he's fallen out of love with the professional game. Um, mm. You know, so uh, he might want to be back in it after uh, after playing every other week at, at Spalding's ground. I'm not too sure, but we'll see. Is there an element of cloth in that story from in terms of man management, the way, the way he built you up? Was that something you took from Clough would you if you hadn't played for Clough would you have handled that situation the way you did do you think no no I probably wouldn't um, you know like I say when I've, I've I've missed out on jobs because when you go when you go for an interview um, they're asking you to do all sorts of things they want to see things on a on a board, they want to see you um, do a PowerPoint um, describing how you manage and describing this. And I just say, look, you know, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple manager, and and you know, the game's always been simple for me, and it's been it's been successful in 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 non-league and 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 the way that I've I've done it, and and that's what matters most. Um, um, so. You know, I, I, I am who I am. I am who I am. And yes, make no mistake, Matt. Look, no one could ever copy the gaffer because you couldn't, simple as. <laughs> you know, but you know, I played under I played under Brian Clough, I played under John Barnwell, I played under Neil Warnock, I played under Howard Kendall. Um to name to, uh, played under Brian Little, um, to name just a few. And you learn from all of them. But David Pleat, another one, you know, um, that he signed me at Leicester. Um, but the man management of of the gaffer um, was unbelievable. 
was 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 unbelievable. And you know, I I I started to learn what that was back then as at an early age. So, you know, if any, I'm I'm at Corby now, but any any chairman sitting listening to this, you know, man management is massive, 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 and and I'm a man manager. I'm not an obsessive coach that uh, people get carried away with now. Um, players like me have to know the jobs. That's not difficult to do to do a job, whether you're a centre-half or whether you're a centre-forward. Um, as the gaffer used to say, if you're a centre-forward, I'll pay you to edit in the net. If you're a centre-half, I pay you to edit out the 18-yard box. And... and so the man management for me, I, I love. I love getting the best out of players, and 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 that yeah, that talk to to Marcus then was was massive for me because I wanted to give him a kick at the backside, and I wanted to to give him such a rollick in that day. But that's what he was expecting. So it's the unexpected that was always something that was massive at Forest. Um, when you're expecting a rollick and you uh, you didn't get it. Uh, when you're expecting praise, you got a rollicking, and um, it was all part of uh, making you the person and the player that you were. Uh, last one before I uh, let you plug your book. With, with, you know, you've given us your time for free for so long, which we appreciate. What does the future hold for you? You're 45 years coming up in in the game. You you love the game still. What's you? What's the kind of final final uh, aspirations for you of what you want to achieve still? Well, at this moment in time, I want to get Corby promoted. I want to get Corby into the conference. Um, I've been out of the game for a couple of years. I had a new hip a couple of years ago. Um, and I couldn't get myself back to the level of, of management. I'm, I'm not I'm not daft. I'm, I'm not talking the premiership or championship, you know. But I'm a good non-league manager, stroke, stroke league two manager. Uh, and that's that's me. Um and I've done well at it. You know, I say I got York promoted. I got Gateshead to the playoff final. lost to Cambridge. I was, I was devastated when we lost that. So I nearly got them into the Football League. Um, so I, I, just want, I just want to achieve. I just want to get the best out of myself. I just want to keep enjoying it. Once I lose the enjoyment and the buzz and what this game has brought me and bringing me still, um, then I will pack in. Um Gutted, I think, maybe because of I'm old school that I couldn't get a football club to to employ me uh, to get them back into the football league from the from the conference. Um, so Corby have given me that chance. It's the lowest I've ever managed, um, but it's a cracking little club with with um, ambition, and you know I'm enjoying getting the best out of players that didn't know they could play as well as as as, as well as they can. Um, so just keep enjoying it. Want to get back to to the conference because I love that league. Um, it's, it's where where I work best. So hopefully it can be with Corby in in three years. If it's not with if it's not with Corby, and someone comes in and and, and you know fancies are giving me a go, then then I'm I'm, I'm ready to go again. Um, but the the enjoyment and the love the, the love of it and and. The buzz of it—you've got to have that buzz. You've, you've got to—you've got to have that that desire and that buzz to to be successful and get the best out of yourself. And I've still got that. Um, one of the pitfalls of these podcasts is you can only scrape the surface of someone's life. But like you say, you've got a book coming out, which will have uh, you know the, the whole uh, chapters all put together. So you can tell people about the book and when you're hoping it's coming out and when people can get it. Yeah, it's. <sighs> For about three years now, I've had I've had a few people saying to me, "We'd I'd like to do your book, Gary," and I've never thought, "Does the people really want to to read about my, me, about my career, and you know who I am and what I've achieved, and 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 what I haven't achieved, and what I should have achieved, or, or um, how how come I ended up here and ended up there?" And, and I sort of said no initially, and then. Um, about 18 months ago I was asked the same question and um, I, I, well actually I, I would first sort of give me I, I, I live in Radcliffe on Trent and I was on doing my garden on the front of my house 
and and this gentleman walked past and and he says it's Gary isn't it I said yeah he went are you ever going to bring a book out he says I'm, I'm a massive Notts County supporter he says I, I really want to read about your career um and I said well no I've never bought a book out um and literally within weeks I was asked again to to do it and I thought well maybe some people just might be be interesting and 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 as I've gone through doing my book I've actually found it quite interesting myself <laughs> interesting myself I thought I didn't do bad actually I didn't do bad and and you know the 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 other side of it I've seen you know from the top down to to the to to the the lower side of it in 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 management you know and 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 playing um for different clubs and experiencing different managers and so I've got my own stories because you know the, the, the cluffy stories, people would have heard them and, you know, so well, I've heard that one so many times and stuff, but I've got my own, you know, and, and um, I've got plenty plenty of stories in there that, I've, that I'm telling and, you know, you, you, you've got to be as honest as, as, as you can be and tell it how it was and 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 uh, and the way it went went about. So I'm, I'm really enjoying doing the book, to be, to be honest, and, and it's bringing a smile to my face and, I've taken so much satisfaction, you know, from from the life I've had in football, and 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 it is about my life, you know, life in football. Um, it, it's it, it's it's about that, um, and how lucky I've 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 been um, to be to be part of that. But you know, with that luck comes hard work um, and dedication. Um, because people perceive that if you're a footballer or, or you end up in management, that you're lucky. Um, you know, you don't work, you don't work. You you're just in football. Well, believe me, you do have to work at it, and you do have to work hard at it, um, and you do have to take the knocks. Uh, you do have to make sacrifices, a lot of sacrifices, um, and all these all these are going to be in my book and. Um, you know, it's um, it's something I'm, I'm hopefully going to be be proud of, and hopefully, you know, people that do read it will will enjoy reading it. And you're hoping it'll be out before the end of the year. That's the plan. Yeah, the plan. The plan is yeah for um, hopefully September time that that that'll be it'll be coming out, and um, you know, people like I say, uh, certainly certainly the East Midlands, where you know I played for for the four clubs that. You know, they might find it it quite interesting that uh, how things how things went. And you've asked me a couple of questions tonight that I can't really answer because I want people to see the answers answers in the book. And um, you know, there's going to be things that people say, "Well, I didn't know that," or "I didn't know that," and which is which is quite nice. But um, it's uh, easy reading, easy easy reading that um, football fans will hopefully um, like reading. Uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. There's been some great uh, insight today um, hearing your story, or like we say, just scraping the, the, the top of it, really. There's so much to talk about, but we appreciate your time. Um, we'll be back next week with um, a different guest that's lined up, not a player, but a, a fan of note with Forrest. So that is another one to look forward to. Uh, do give us a good rating and a good review as that uh, really helps us to see more people uh, listening and watching to this. Gary, thank you very much for being so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. It's been great hearing from you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. And thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.